Welcome to the Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. My name is Dr. Adriana Popescu. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and leader in the field of mental health, energy psychology, addiction, trauma, and empowerment. In this podcast, we will be exploring mental health from a variety of perspectives, from the spiritual to the shamanic and beyond. What if mental illness isn't everything we think it is? What if everything we see as a pathology is actually a possibility? What else is possible with mental health? Hi everyone, Dr. Adriana Popescu here with you today with another episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. I'm really excited today to have with me as my guest, Heather Gray. She is a functional diagnostic nutritionist practitioner She found this work after 27 years of undiagnosed Lyme disease, I know about that one, celiac disease, Hashimoto's, and endometriosis. She was depressed, anxious, and in chronic widespread pain, bad skin, bloated, constipated, exhausted, weight gain, and horrible periods, to name a few things. So she set out on a path to healing herself. She's now lost over 45 pounds, has no more pain, no more suicidal thoughts, and energy all day. And now she has a practice where she teaches others how to take care of themselves and get the inflammation off their body and brain so that they have control over their health journey. She can help you destroy brain fog, moodiness, chronic inflammation, and pain. So welcome, Heather. So happy to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. As always, I love to hear from my guests how... Did you come to discover these wonderful approaches that you're now using that you have um, healed yourself with? Um, Tell us more about your story. Awesome. Uh, Like most of us, it's it's a multi-decade long process. So I'll try to be as concise as possible. But I remember um, being three or four years old and having my feet fall asleep on the potty because of constipation. Right. For sitting there for so long and not being able to move. My mom giving me these gross, thick, nasty oils to drink, you know, to soften my stool. Nobody at that time. So it's already started a lifelong history of nobody's asking, why is this three-year-old constipated? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. You eating? What are you doing? Is she hydrated? Is she, you know, nothing, 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 nothing. It was just, you know, symptom, symptom, symptom type of thing. Right. And then we kind of fast forward a few years and I had a very, very traumatic childhood, right? Had alcoholic parents, not a lot of stability. My mother was a codependent, angry, angry, like, uh, what's the word, Uh, like landmine, right? You kind of never knew, you know, because my dad was a, a drug addict alcoholic. And so she was constantly trying to you know, defuse him, but at the same time, she would work herself up and you, you never knew, you never knew what was going to happen in my household. So then we're starting to lay the groundwork for some really crappy um, nervous system stuff, right? Dysregulation of my nervous system. There's already something going on with my gut that's causing me to be constipated. And then we've got this early childhood trauma. So now it leads me into my teenage years and I get bit by a tick. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't start showing symptoms until about two years later when I had my first suicide attempt. Mm-hmm. Um, so same, so same premise though. Right. So I'm in the hospital now. They keep me there for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Not once did they ask me what's going on. You know, they didn't run labs. They didn't nothing. 
nothing, nothing, nothing to figure out why this 13 year old kid is trying to off herself, right? Pump me full of prescription drugs, pat me on the head, send me on my way, right? And those patch jobs work for a short period of time, but it's been my experience and my client's experience is that those patch jobs usually come with other side effects. You have to start taking more pills and it's just this snowball effect, right? And so it was around that age, like 15, 16, I started doing research on trying to find like natural ways to deal with uh, depression and anxiety because those were like the biggest ones that I was dealing with. The funny part was, is those, I only had like one little piece to the puzzle. And so I would read about these different herbs and these different supplements and, you know, these different amino acids. And I would take them and I was smoking cigarettes. I was eating dairy. I was eating wheat. I was eating fast food. I was drinking soda, you know, so, you know, my lifestyle was crap. I was stressed out, burned out still in this very, now my mother has divorced my alcoholic drug addict father for his even worse alcoholic brother. Mm. And she got pregnant and with uh, twins when I was like 16, 17, you know, so now just a whole nother layer of trauma and stress, right? To my story, leading to another stint in the psych ward when I was 18, 19, again, suicide attempt. Um, Fast forward a few more years and uh, I finally got diagnosed with Lyme disease, right? So finally had a a practitioner listen to me and go, oh, I know it's exactly what's wrong with you. You you put it by a tick. And sadly, the Western model, again, just wanted to throw napalm at the bugs. Not realizing that the bugs have been a part of me now for over 20 some years. And I literally thought I was going to die if they were going to keep me on the cycle that they were putting me on. And they're like, yeah, it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. You know, at the time I had a nine-year-old kid, you know, and I was married and a new business and I, you know, I, it's just, it was just insanity to, to, to kind of treat somebody that way. And that's when I started to, you know, pivot and, and go back to my roots of, you know, kind of alternative practice. And I heard the founder of Reed Davis of FDN speak on balancing hormones, supporting detoxification, you know, healing the gut you know, all this stuff made sense to me of, of looking at the body as a whole, right? Instead of, oh, this one problem, this one symptom, you know, let's throw shit at, at the wall and see what sticks, right. which is what I've been used to my whole life. Yeah. You know, and then, like you said, I finally got diagnosed with celiac disease. You know, my kid was diagnosed celiac at the age of two. Mm-hmm. Very, a huge genetic component to that, right? Mm-hmm. Why on earth nobody educated me on, hey, maybe you need to have a test, right? Or right. It, it didn't even dawn on me either, it, you know? I, <laughs> so, so yeah, celiac, the Hashimoto's, then the endometriosis. So I, uh, I graduated FDN. Uh, so I went through the program. I begged my ex-husband because I kind of knew that this was, this was going to be my, a lot of my answers, right? And what is FDN for those that don't know? Yeah, Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. So it's a program that you go through to actually work on your own health issues as you become a practitioner. And I thought, you know, I had been a hairstylist for 11 years at the time. My body was breaking down and I kind of knew I needed to pivot. And I've always been fascinated by this world. And so I thought, hell, two birds, one stone, right? I, I get to get better and I get to have an education and I can help other people like, yeah. 
So went through the program, had some really awesome success right off the bat with my own health issues. And then I went through a divorce mm-hmm. and kind of blew up my life, um, blew up my business and went on this like weird seven year journey of trying to kind of figure out who I am and what makes me tick. Not what society thinks I should be, not what my mother thinks I should do, not what my ex-husband thought I should do, you know, me. Mm-hmm. Just like dug a little deeper into like a lot of the mental, emotional aspects, because, you know, at the time I've always been that way. Whatever's the biggest problem is what I'm kind of diving deep into. So before it was my health, but I never, never, never addressed the mental health, right? Ever. And so, and, and relationship stuff. And that was what was paining me at the time after my divorce. So then um, worked a lot on that and then got a lot of that cleaned up. Yay. Met my new husband. Amazing. And sadly, it was about this time, actually last year, I had started gaining weight again. I was in pain again. I was reactive and moody and angry. And I got into a fight with my husband and he's like, you know what? I'm not going to be married to an angry person anymore. Like you need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what started this like second peeling of the onion back layer of my journey, you know, to really dive in deeper into trauma mm-hmm. and how it relates to the nervous system, how it relates to autoimmune, how it relates to everything stored in the body. Like it's all connected, right? Yeah. And so even I, as an FBN was, was focusing a little too much on the physical and I would notice that throughout the years. Right. So I would focus on the physical and I'd get better, a lot better. And then I'd end back up at set point mm-hmm. I'd end back up at set point. And I was like, what the heck? And so finally, like I said, this last year I was, I was taking some really awesome classes with uh, Dr. Amy Apigian, and she teaches about the biology of trauma right? And talks about the stored trauma in the nervous system, whether it be from toxins and chronic illness to early childhood trauma to, you know, there's a lot of different things that actually constitute looking like trauma in the body and it, and it keeps your nervous system dysregulated, right? So things that a lot of people would look at me and go, Heather, that's not that big of a deal. Like, what are you, what are you doing right now? And to me, it was the end of the world right? Because that was how my, my nervous system was constantly on alert, constantly on alert, you know, ah, danger, danger, danger. So everything was danger. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that, that was the last little kind of peeling back that layer, especially with the mental health stuff, because, you know, my poor, my poor husband, you know, over the last two, three years before that, I mean, he had to hear his partner talk about taking herself out on a pretty regular basis. You know, and nobody, nobody, nobody should ever have to hear that come out of the mouth of, of someone that they love. Right. It's a really hopeless place for them to be because there's not a lot that they can do to help. Right. Mm-hmm. I just kind of feel like their, their, their hands are tied. You know, and there was one point I was driving and, and was fighting with him and telling him I was going to take my car into the side of the wall, you know, the rock wall that I, we live by. And, you know, there's nothing he could do at that point. You know, he can't call the cops because he doesn't know exactly where I'm at. He's not with me, so he can't stop me. You know, it just, it's just not, thank God he's always been such a huge rock in my life. And he's not, he doesn't take me personally. He knows that it, my pain is my pain. Mm-hmm. And unlike my ex-husband, <laughs> he doesn't take me personally. Yeah. Um, but it was just, I knew, I knew I couldn't keep doing this to him. I knew I couldn't keep doing this to myself. Uh So dove back into work, started my business back up last April. 
almost coming up on a year now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You said so many important things and thank you for sharing that and, you know, being so open with us because I think so many people can relate to your story. And unfortunately, you know, in our Western medicine paradigm, we see things as separate, you know, like when you were in the mental health system, they were dealing only with your thoughts and your brain chemistry imbalance and not looking at the body and the other systems in your body. And then when you're too into the physical stuff, we're not necessarily addressing the, the mental stuff. To me, it's all connected. We can't even differentiate even, even with those like labels sometimes um, because um, we are like our bodies and our, and our minds are intricately interwoven. There is no real, and our spirit too, right? Is like, that's a big part of this as well. And I, I really could relate to when you were talking about your Lyme disease, you know, when I was also suffered with Lyme disease for many years and it took them forever to get a 13 years to get a correct diagnosis. And I remember, um, you know, we were doing, I was on alternative medicine pretty early on, but um, it wasn't until I started working with this acupuncturist and she was doing something called neuroemotional technique mm. that I, and she was telling me about how Dr. Klinghart, you know, Dieter Klinghart, who's really like the, the guru of Lyme disease, who's just wonderful Western medicine doctor up in Washington state, but also very knowledgeable in, in, you know, homeopathy and, you know, alternative therapies. And he, she showed me an article of his that stressed what he had seen in his practice was all these people with these autoimmune conditions also seemed to have trauma. That was like the common denominator he was seeing is that they have unresolved trauma, usually from childhood or early life, that is continuing to impact how their whole system is functioning. And that until you address that trauma, people can't really heal. And that was so huge for me because I similarly had not really dealt with some of the earlier life traumas and didn't realize how those were impacting my whole body and my mind and my spirit. I, I just didn't get it. You know, you just, as a, as a kid, and I think in our culture, you're just told like, suck it up and move on you know, absolutely. especially from that older generation, like, you know, put some dirt on it, you know, pull your big girl panties up and get moving. You know, and my mom, she was a construction worker. She hung drywall. My yeah. mother did, you know, so she, she grew up a very horrible childhood, like horrific makes mine look like, you know, a G rated movie, um, you know, and, 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 and kind of grew up in this very masculine you know, industry, very physical. And I mean, she was, she was like a dude with boobs, you know, and, and, and she was, she was hardcore, like hardcore. I mean, I remember when I was pregnant and we were outside working in her garden and I felt like I was going to pass out. And this was before I had been diagnosed with Lyme. And she was just like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you? You know, this, you know, berating of shame and guilt over feeling like I'm going to pass out in the middle of the hot sun in the summertime, but two months before I'm supposed to give birth, you know, but here's this woman who's had five kids and twins that were, you know, five pounds each, mm -hmm. six pounds each. So I could never, you know, kind of measure up. I was never allowed to be sick. Yeah. Right. Because that just got shown as a huge weakness. Yes. And I, you know, I'm not a big fan, you know, the diagnosis for some can be really awesome because it can finally give a name to something that was mysterious for a long time. And in that can be some closure. I found a lot of times people will wear it like a security blanket and kind of stick to it too much. 
Yes. I think for me, it gave me permission for the first time in my life to be like, no, I'm not okay. Right. And stop with your shaming and your guilt and your bullshit because I, I have Lyme disease. <laughs> you know, I have celiac disease. I have Hashimoto's disease. I have endometriosis. Like how much more do I have to get before I can have permission to be sick? Yes. Yes. Right? And for me, it was the same thing. I thought I had to be superwoman. You know, the other thing that people don't often know is that with Lyme disease often comes chronic fatigue syndrome. And I got that label as well because I was a superwoman. I was trying to do everything for everyone and at the expense of my own health and well-being. And I think people just don't quite understand how the systems are all connected. You know, like people would look at even those diagnoses you just named and say they're different. Like a Western medicine doctor would say, okay, now you have to see the endocrinologist right. for this diagnosis and you need to see the gastro guy for this diagnosis. And right, like- Right, um, not talking to the left. Right, exactly. Like we're not looking at everything systemically as a whole or the, the being, you know, body, mind, spirit as a whole. And where are things in balance? Because if they- what I learned in my journey is that if something, if one thing gets imbalanced, like your amygdala, let's talk about trauma, right? Your amygdala is, is telling your nervous system, danger, danger. And we're always in this activated fight flight kind of response that impacts how your neurotransmitters function. It impacts how your hormones function. It impacts how your gut functions, right? All of it is connected. So can you tell us more about how that works and what you've learned about how to, what do we need to look at when we're looking at this systemic imbalance? How do we even start? That's a good question. Um, first one, so Dr. Amy with, uh, you know, the somatic experience you've worked, the biology of trauma, you know, she was a great place because she's, you know, Western med doc, she's a, she's a, a surgeon, right? Um, but she also has this alternative kind of modality mindset about her looking at the body as a whole, right? Because of her own health journey. And that's why I resonated so much with her work. And so what was really needed for me is, is I needed to get back to the basics, right? That's what I love about FDN is because FDN is all about the basics, right? Teaching people how, how much water to drink, what kind of water to drink, you know, how, how are you sleeping? What's the quality of sleep you're getting? What's the sleep hygiene? What's your, you know, area like, like, what's your diet look like, you know? Um, so removing hidden stressors from the body so that the body then can breathe. And so food sensitivity testing is kind of like number one with that. Mm -hmm. I found with the autoimmune, with the leaky gut, like food sensitivities are, are low hanging fruit as Dr. Amy would say, yeah. you know, because um, like with me, I was, I, I was reacting to almonds, coconut and pork, right? So a lot of people think that they're going to be reacting to the junk food, you know, they don't realize that they're going to actually have to go off of like healthy food because that's actually what's, you know, a leaky gut is food getting into our bloodstream that doesn't belong there, right? Our gut is supposed to be nice and strong and not let anything out into the bloodstream. And now it, it, it has because of trauma, damage, prescription drugs, heavy metals, parasites, bacteria, and yeast. And, um, so whatever we eat on a regular basis is now getting into our bloodstream on a regular basis. And it's causing our immune system to, to fire up against apples, apples. You don't belong here. Who are you? You know, and now we've got an immune system response. Well, the part, the bad part too, about having an immune system response like that towards apples is that now every time I eat apples, right. For that period of time, 
it's reacting, reacting the immune system, but also there's a lot of collateral damage that goes on when the immune system is constantly being activated, which causes a lot of inflammation. Mm -hmm. So some quick wins, you know, right away for folks get inflammation down is the food sensitivity test. Um, the other one that I love doing is the metabolic plus panel, which I learned from Dr. Amy and, you know, in the biology of trauma, because for the longest time, I also have this huge spiritual side of me and there's a lot of sad people out, sad teaching out there that looks a lot like spiritual bypassing, right? Mm -hmm. Just be positive. Just turn your frown upside down. Just, you know, focus on the positive, blah, blah, blah. And for the longest time, no matter how much I did that, I was still sick. I was still racing thoughts. I was still anxious. I was still depressed. I was still angry. So then here comes another whole level of guilt and shame because I'm, I'm obviously not doing this right. 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 So no, come to find out, right. That I've got this pyrrole disorder, right. I've got zinc deficiency. I've got a copper excess. I've got these, these things, a histamine, a huge histamine problem. So these biological things that all the freaking thinking positive in the world is not going to change. Like I have to physically change what's going on with those things and supplement. So I found out with that, that test that, um, um, because it's more of at a DNA type level that those supplements, there's just a few supplements you have to take that will help correct that, but I need to be on them for my re the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Still, what a gift that I take a couple supplements, right. And I'm actually operating at a more normal level. I mean, yeah. it's huge. You know, so I, I brought up, so pyrrole disorder, pyrroles are a byproduct of uh, oxidative stress. Mm -hmm. Your body actually doesn't have any use for pyrroles. So it tries to get rid of them as soon as possible because they like to eat zinc and they like to, to suck up a B6. Mm -hmm. So if you have, you know, so deficiencies in zinc and deficiencies in those B vitamins can cause symptoms like ADHD cause symptoms like anxiety, cause symptoms like depression, zinc deficiency and copper excess, especially can cause endometriosis. A lot of the symptoms that go along with endometriosis and horrible periods, mm -hmm. you know, so here's this low, again, low hanging fruit. Every single person that has come new into my practice now, all of them get a metabolic plus panel on them and all of them react, if not to all three, almost all three but I, I normally get two out of the three. Mm -hmm. I haven't had anybody come back with, with all of them, without, with all of them normal, especially if they have some sort of autoimmune or, or their, their test or uh, mental health issues. Right. Um, so yeah, low hanging fruit. So you put them on, you know, SAMe, uh, B6, P5P and zinc. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. <laughs> How easy is that? Like, it's ridiculous. And I'm now getting my brain and my body back in a way, you know, those spinning thoughts mm -hmm. are gone, you know? I mean, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just incredible. So, um, so yeah, so food sensitivities, I do the metabolic plus panel. Um, I'm always looking at the thyroid because the thyroid, you know, if that's, if that's out of balance, out of whack, again, all the positive thinking in the world, all the exercise in the world, all the, all the fill in the blank in the world, is right. not going to help you get your mind back, right. get function back if your thyroid's out of whack, right? And I've had clients who I've worked with, you know, I mean, I'm a licensed psychologist, so technically I'm approaching it from the mental, mental health angle. 
And I've had clients that I've worked with for long periods of time uh, with something like depression. And I'm using all these tools that I know are, are super effective, but the person still isn't coming out of this depression. Finally, I remember sending my client just to her regular doctor. I said, let's just, why don't you just get some blood work done? Let's just see what's going on with your body. And sure enough, her thyroid was deficient. She was vitamin D deficient. There were like all these things that were crystal clear, even in Western medicine. And all she needed to do was start taking some supplements, getting some regulation back to the thyroid and like her depression went away. Yeah. That's actually my biggest thing that I'm trying to work on right now is, is, um, collaboratively working with therapists mm -hmm. because there is this biology of trauma, right? That, that therapy, traditional talk therapy completely, leave, it, it doesn't even touch it. You know, all the therapy in the world, I can come in and talk, 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 talk. And then if I go out and eat McDonald's mm -hmm. and I inflame my gut, which inflames my brain, right? All that talk, talk, talk ain't going to do me any good. There's, you know, it's, it's, it's a combination of things that really need to come together in order for a person to truly heal. Yes. You mentioned inflammation a few times. And I think people hear that a lot, but don't really understand what it means. Like I'm thinking, you know, inflammation means something swollen. I sprain my ankle and it's inflamed because I, but what do you mean internally with inflammation? Gotcha. So inflammation in itself is not a bad thing. Inflammation is there to help clean up dead and damaged cells. It's a part of, you know, how we're built. So inflammation on its own, not a bad thing. Too much inflammation, chronic inflammation is actually the root cause of almost all diseases out there these days. And it actually will damage your cell membrane to the point where good stuff can't come in and bad stuff can't go out, right? Mm -hmm. Now we become toxic, right? Now we're nutrient deficient. Now we're any of those cells that were made to do whatever their specific modality is are having a harder time producing what they need to do. You know, an inflammation, uh, Dr. Tom O'Brien, I love him. Um, he says that a lot of that inflammation will be targeted in your genetic weak link, mm -hmm. right? So if, you know, for me, Hashimoto's, right? My thyroid, um, mental, emotional stuff, you know, gut stuff. So it can show up in anybody differently, mm -hmm. right? Um, it just kind of depends on where those weak links are in your own body. Right. So then when, uh, my understanding then with inflammation and then is that, you know, our body then needs to create places to store all these toxins. And sometimes that ends up being like the creation of more fat cells, right. To store these toxins in. And that's when you get the bloating, the weight gain, those types of things. Is, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and a lot of things that cause inflammation can be toxins, which is another area that I'm getting into, um, is, you know, heavy metals, especially, I mean, this world is just ridiculously toxic. Uh, I mean, they're finding over 200 different types of chemicals in a newborn's cord blood. Yes. Like that is disturbing on so many levels. And so another reason why people can't lose weight if they're inflamed is also due to toxins because all toxins, especially heavy metals will take the place of other things that are supposed to be happening. So toxins will interfere with, um, insulin receptors, mm -hmm. right? So they're thinking that actually type two diabetes is not just all about sugar, that it's actually a huge component to having toxins and heavy metals that are, that are competing for those insulin receptors. Mm -hmm. um, same thing in the brain. If you've got heavy metals stored in the brain, aluminum, some other stuff, 
it's it's actually uh, competing for the minerals. Mm -hmm. So now your mineral deficiency because you've got these other heavy metals, these other guys that are hanging out where they're not supposed to, yeah, taking the place of the good guys, right? right. So again, we've got more deficiencies going on. It's uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating what the body does. Like it, I mean, if you think about our stories, like really think about how freaking sick for how long we were. And I don't know about what your diet was, but my diet was horrible, right? You know, I was a drinker, I was a partier, I was a smoker, mm-hmm. I was a stay up till two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, and, and and with these chronic illnesses and to take in all these toxins. And yeah, I was sick for a long time, but I'm still alive. You know what I mean? Like it it didn't kill me. It's just it's just in it. I, the body is, it's just fascinating. Well, and that the body can heal itself because I think unfortunately also, again, with, you know, the sort of Western medicine paradigm is sometimes like, once you get this diagnosis, that's it. You're going to, you have this disease and you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Right. And you can't ever really heal. Like I was told, I, there's no way you're ever going to heal from Lyme disease. You're going to have it for your, the rest of your life. But yet here I am not having it. You right. know, so what is that, right? Right. Can you say more about the body's capacity for healing, even when it's been through all of that? Oh, absolutely. It, it's it never ceases to amaze me. And even the clients that I work with, within, I mean, I would say ninety percent of them within the first month, within the first month, they're seeing dramatic life changes because we've shifted and we've gone back to the basics. You know, the biggest problem that we have, especially with autoimmune. That's why I like working with autoimmune is because it's kind of like low hanging fruit because Mm -hmm. most autoimmune is lifestyle, right? Mm -hmm. So if we teach them to how to get back to the basics on how to, you know, how to guide to take care of your body, right? Then your body very quickly goes, oh, right. I know what I'm supposed to do here. You know, it's when we, you know, stay up too late with this artificial lighting. It's when we eat this chemistry set that's a you know food that's not food Franken food right it's when we take these all these these prescription drugs and we've got chlorine and fluoride in the water and mercury in the oceans and you know and amalgams like oh my god don't even get me started with that it's crazy yeah. like it's a toxic hazard and they have to treat it as such before it goes into the dentist and then when it comes out they have to treat it the same hazardous material to get rid of it. But for some reason, when it's in my mouth, it's okay. Yeah. That's just insanity. (laughs) But um, yeah, so the body's capacity to heal when you remove the hidden stressors, when you uh, go back to the basics and then um, support it, right? The way that it's supposed to, it, it, it is amazing what can happen. Yeah. Can you tell us more about the role of the gut health? You mentioned leaky gut. Like what Cause I don't know that most people, most people don't even realize that, you know, that our gut produces more neurotransmitters, more serotonin than even our brain does. Can you tell us more about that? Especially as related to some of these mental health diagnoses, right? Depression. Oh, absolutely. So they're saying that like close to 70 to 85% of our serotonin is made in our gut, mm-hmm. right? Not our brain. And they used to think that the brain was the main conductor of everything, but they're starting to find out now that every signal coming from your brain four more are coming back from your gut telling your brain what to do right like just this mind-blowing so your gut is this beautiful supposed to be balanced microorganism of different bacteria and yeast and stuff and so when we run into a dysbiosis is when the good guys are now overran by the you know the 
the bad guys are overrunning the good guys. In a leaky gut situation, so we have these tight junctions, right? They're supposed to be tight. Nothing's supposed to be able to get through. Our, what's in our gut is supposed to stay in our gut. But now we've are like wheat. Wheat is one of the biggest uh, contributors to leaky gut because we've done so many things to wheat that it no longer looks like wheat. We've changed its structure over the past 30, 40 years to have more gluten, to have, you know, it's dripping in Roundup, right? Glyphosate, uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? Fungus, uh, yeah, pesticides, fungicides, herbicides. And, and it's, a, it's a bigger protein, so it kind of acts like a battering ram. So now wheat, other food sensitivities, like I said, prescription drugs, toxins, candida, overgrowth, all this stuff is now causing holes in your tight junctions. And now stuff, like I said, like apples is getting out of your gut and into your bloodstream. And then your body is doing a war against apples. Mm-hmm. Well, the gut and the brain are so connected that the blood brain barrier acts a lot like our tight junctions in our gut. And so a lot of times what damages our gut is actually also allowing stuff into our brain that doesn't belong there and causing the inflammation. And then we also get this activation of, um, glial cells right and uh don't ask me too much more about those because i'm still learning they're just they're it's fascinating (laughs) um but they're like the immune system in your in your brain you know and so if something comes off and they're targeting it like i said there's going to be collateral damage around it which is your brain right causes some damage so if you've got a leaky gut, you're going to have a leaky brain. I mean, I don't know anybody that doesn't have gut issues that aren't also having issues of brain fog, concentration, memory issue, you know, um, there's just a, a huge, huge, huge correlation. And so um, instead of going straight for the brain, I, you know, like I used to with, with the neurotransmitters and the amino acids and that type of support, you know, I, I really... And I'll still use some of that stuff just to get somebody a quick win, especially if they're in crisis type of stuff. But for the most part, I really want to focus on that good gut health, the good bacteria doing what they're supposed to be doing, because if they're not producing the B vitamins that we need, then we're not going to have the energy and we're going to have brain fog and we're going to, you know, so it's just this, it's all intertwined. Yeah. And that so much of depression in particular can be tied back to this rather than it being all about how you're thinking or, right? Like, I mean, that's certainly part of it, but I think people don't quite understand that also when you're dysregulated in your body, it affects how you think. It affects how you see the the negative thoughts that may come or whatever it is. A lot of times is come, because I've seen it with the COVID lately, right? (laughs) A lot of my clients have gotten sick with COVID and I'm watching their like, thoughts, you know, get really dark and ugly. And, you know, um, when normally maybe they don't have so much of that, they may have some, but like, it seems to, when we're sick physically, it seems to also impact how we see ourselves in the world. Oh, absolutely. And any kind of deficiency can contribute to that. Like, it's amazing. I used to think that those spinning dark thoughts of mine were who I was, that there was just something wrong with my brain and I was broken. But once I started healing my gut and getting the inflammation down and getting support with these B vitamins and, and getting the things that I was lacking, those thoughts stopped. I didn't need therapy. I didn't need, you know, Prozac. I didn't need, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I, I didn't need more spirituality. I didn't need to, you know, meditate more or pray more. I had a deficiency, right? I had a gut that wasn't working right. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating. Yeah. So, so I guess then, you know, that question I was going to ask is, so if somebody comes to you or maybe a therapist refers somebody to you and they, and they come and say, you know, I've got depression, I've got anxiety, I have ADHD, I have PTSD, I have any number of these like mental health diagnoses. What are you thinking when they're sitting there with you? What are you like wanting to find out about uh, as far as like how their body and, and being are functioning? Uh, what's your diet like, right? How many times are you pooping a day? Mm-hmm. How much water are you drinking? How much sleep are you getting? What's your stress level like? Right back to that beginning of the basics, because that tells me kind of where I need to start with somebody. Mm-hmm. Although I have found that I've always got to start at the foundation almost with everybody that I'm working with, because, and like I tell my clients, I'm like, your best thinking and actions got you here. Right. So, in order to learn something new and feel better, yeah, we got to pivot, do a 180. I'm going to have to teach you some new tricks. Right. I'm going to have to teach you some new some new survival things because all the old stuff that was working for you is not working for you anymore. So it's time to relearn things, right? Let's start back at, at square one, you know? So, and so like the packages that I put together for my clients, it's, I don't do one-off testing as much anymore. You know, I might with the metabolic plus panel, just because it is some low hanging fruit. And for people who have been in therapy a long time and they're not seeing the results that they need, it might be some little easy tweak like that. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I have found if you just go with that easy little tweak and you don't also address what they're eating, you don't also address them only getting four hours of sleep at night. Even that little tweak is only going to, it's only going to help them so much. Right. Right. And I really want to see people thrive. I really want to see people joyful. I want to see people, right. Like, ah, just, ah, (laughs) you know, yeah. You can put a word with that. The other one I wanted to ask you about is I work a lot with addiction. Um, so mm-hmm. what do you see with folks who have had a long time and you know, obviously you have some personal experience with this as well? Um, what do you see with folks who have done kind of chronic long-term use of drugs and alcohol? What is that doing to their systems? You know, it's almost like any other toxin that I kind of talked about. Mm-hmm. Um there are like certain things that you can do to help support certain things just a little bit better than others. But for the most part, I'm always starting back at square one because I know that if a person, you know, has been a heavy drinker for 20, 30 years, you know, I know we're going to need to work on detoxifying the liver. I know we're going to need to work on, you know, uh, getting some just basic nutrient support and, and healing their gut. Um, you know, hardcore drugs, you know, might need a little bit different kind of a cleaning up process, but it's all kind of, it, it really does kind of all stem back to the basics, back to the, back to the basis. Cause whether you were sick because of a chronic illness or whether you were sick because of addiction or you were sick because, you know, fill in the blank, they're all, it, it's just like our bodies. It's all tied together. You know, it's what, what makes you sick doesn't really matter. Yeah. Right. It's, what trauma brought you to that place of addiction? We need to address that in your nervous system. Then we also need to address toxicities in your system. We need to address the inflammation. My brother right now, I've been watching him almost drink himself to death 
over the past really bad the last three months but he's been probably one of the worst alcoholics i've ever met you know gave himself gout at like the age of 18 because he was drinking so heavy but um you know so peeling back my layer i was like dude you really should not be consuming gluten or dairy or grains all those three things are causing so much inflammation in your body and your brain it's a no wonder that you can't get off this roller coaster right? Because it also dis dysregulates your blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And if your blood sugar, they're finding out with, with addicts, huge times with blood sugar dysregulation, like they can almost, they can almost uh, predict when someone might fall off the wagon, depending mm -hmm. on how they're, you know, letting their blood sugar crash or not, right? Wow. Like, it's, yeah. you know, so, and we've got diabetes in the family. And so I'm like trying to teach them. I'm like, dude, first off, we got to address this trauma, right? It, you know, you keep white knuckling it with AA, which is awesome. But then I keep seeing you fall right back off the wagon in a couple of weeks because you're not addressing all this other stuff. Yeah. It, it, it all goes together. It all goes together. And what are your, some of your favorite modalities for addressing the trauma piece? What do you, what do you like to, what's been helpful to you or in your practice? Uh, EFT tapping has, stupid easy win um somatic work like i can't get over i mean that's why i fell in love with amy's dr amy's work to begin with it's because i'm she's showing me these little exercises that take like 20 seconds to do and immediately i'm feeling my nervous system just right just back down into the parasympathetic um what else what else what else what else meditating mm -hmm um i've heard about emdr i've never done it it sounds like it would be absolutely amazing um heart math i've really liked um that quite a bit i'm learning about drns right now which is um i don't know i don't know if i knew that one dynamic neural linguistic retraining system or something like that it's but um an offshoot in nlp of some sort yeah it sounds like it um oh neurofeedback i love neurofeedback god i wish i could afford one of those machines so, but i don't have a i don't have a practice that's in person my practice is all virtual so I, it would just be a fancy fun toy for myself to use um but love 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 neurofeedback because i'm loving these more passive ways you know to kind of help move this stuff out of the system because most people are just too activated to begin with right yes Yes, they're in that chronic state, like we said, of fight flight, because, um, you know, and, and, you know, this ties back to adverse childhood experiences, right, the ACE study, I mean, we know that children, when they're exposed to high stress situations, their, their brains just starts, like, constantly, their amygdala is always, like you said, in that activated, like, threat, danger, I'm not safe, kind of, you know, space, which means that you're constantly running the hormones and then like adrenaline and cortisol and all of that. And we know that stress is, stress is at the root, stress and inflammation now, you know, we could say are at the root of all of these conditions and they exacerbate all of these conditions. So finding ways to regulate, re-regulate the nervous system, you know, and this has really come out. I've been practicing psychology, you know, for 25 or more years. It's just really in the last few years that how important it is to re-regulate the nervous system. And now that we understand, we can look at brains under, you know, MRIs and things, and we can see, we have such a better understanding of how the body works and how important it is 
um, to, to downregulate the nervous system and get people out of that fight flight response. And I think some of the, um, some of the modalities you mentioned are, are some of the ones that I also use that I found super helpful as well. So I'm so grateful for this conversation that we've been having. Um, so if people, Heather, want to find out more about you, about your work, where can they do that? Yeah, um, Discovering Health on Facebook and Instagram, Discovering Health FDN. Um, and then I also have a podcast that just, I just came out with like a couple weeks ago called Talking Shit with Heather. Nice. <laughs> you know, literal shit because I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a practitioner. So sometimes we're talking about bugs and coffee enemas, but then also talking about the shit storm is what does boy call it? You know, the story, right? What got you to where you are? Because I'm mostly talking to other practitioners, other modalities. And I've found that most healers have their own story of what brought them here. And a lot of times it's just it, in the past, especially it's been taboo to talk about some of that stuff, you know, to talk about early childhood trauma and alcoholic parents and brothers who are drinking themselves to death. You know, I want a, a platform that's safe to bring stuff out of the darkness into the light because that's when we heal. Right. right? I, I mean, there's that old AA saying, you're only as sick as your secrets. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. So yeah, so uh, talking shit, you can find that on on um, Anchor, and then Discovering Health, YouTube, the, um, Facebook, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being my guest today. Any final thoughts you want to leave us with? Yes. No matter how common a symptom may be, it is never normal. It's always your body trying to get your attention. So listen to it. Yes. Wise words. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you all audience for tuning in today. If you like this podcast, please do share with friends, uh, like it, comment on it, subscribe, you know, whatever um, you can do to help contribute to getting this information out there in the hands of more people, because people do not need to keep suffering. You know, you are not defined by a label, by a diagnosis. You have the capacity to heal and there are wonderful techniques out there that can assist you with that. So. Thank you all. Thank you, Heather. See you next time. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Kaleidoscope of Possibilities, Alternative Perspectives on Mental Health. This has been Dr. Adriana Popescu. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe and share with others. To find out more about me, my guests, and more, please visit my website at adrianapopescu.org. See you next time.